You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Ready, ready? Mm. Yo, what's up, everybody? Yeah, that's the sound of me drinking water. Watch this. Mm. Yeah, man, I'm trying to get this uh, this water in my system. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's the thing about trying to be healthy, man. You know, every, I think everybody goes on that little, uh, I'm going to start drinking more water. I need to start drinking more water. You know, even though water is, okay, the earth consists, what, I think 75% of the earth is like water. I think our bodies are like 80% water, yet water fucking sucks when you got to drink it a lot. Isn't that funny? It, it sucks. You have to drink a lot of water to be healthy, and it sucks because you got to be healthy. You know, you want to be healthy because you're tired of being a fat ass, and I'm tired of being a fat ass, so I, I figure I gained a little... Against some weight. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, my God. No, no, no. That's my, uh, sorry. That was my phone going off. Yo, so I'm drinking all this water, right? Because uh, me and my girlfriend, right, we're, like, drinking lots of water, trying to lean out, the whole thing. But, man, I'm telling you, man, when you start drinking a lot of water, because I figured it out. I go online, and you want to figure out how much water you're supposed to drink for your weight and your height. And it's a lot of water. I'm drinking the Big Poland Spring. The Poland spring water is, you know, the, uh, what is it, the 1.5 liter bottles, you know? And I figured out mathematically that I should have at least three of these. It's like two and a half gallons. I should have at least three of these a day, I guess. Three of these a day, that's the appropriate amount. I guess maybe that'll help me lose weight because I'm, I'm like 200. I want to get, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposedly supposed to be 185. Six feet. I'm supposed to be 185. You know what I mean? I'm 200. I was at 195, but I, I was looking kind of crazy at like 193, 192 because I I have those the, the cheekbones, so I was looking like gaunt and shit. I was, and I'm African, so it doesn't pay to be real skinny and African. You know what I mean? All I need is the flies, and fucking people are sending donations. Do you understand where I'm coming from? But I'm gonna try and get down because it's it's I, it's so it's so. I s- you know what? I understand why people, why we're all fucking fat. I get it, man. You know? I re- I re- God damn it, my phone! Jesus! Hold on, everyone. I gotta lower this. Uh... Oh, my God. I'm just gonna power off. All right? I'm powering off. Now my phone wants to work. Now I get- Every time I do my podcast, my phone goes off. But I do have to admit, um, my um, ringtone is Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison. And you don't understand how cool that looks when I pull out my phone. And I'm like, maybe let's say I'm in the locker room at my gym and it's all white dudes around me. And I love when that Johnny Cash comes on because they go, what the fuck are you doing with Johnny Cash? I go, first of all, you don't own Johnny Cash. I'm a black man that loves Johnny Cash. What's wrong with me? Want, you know, they, 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 they aren't, they're, they're surprised that I don't have like a Drake or a Lil Wayne or some shit as my ringtone. I have fucking Johnny Cash. As my ringtone, fulsome prison, all right? So don't even fucking try it. Yeah, because I'm that type of dude. I'm a classical motherfucker. People don't realize, man. Anyway, you know I like to go off on tangents. But anyway, um, the water thing. So I want to lose some weight, but I understand why people are fat, man. I under- understand why people are so goddamn fat. 
because, you know, I'm technically, you know, technically you can be fat. You don't necessarily have to look like sloppy, but you can technically be fat for your, your size, your weight, your age. And I'm, I was, I was technically fat. I was at, I was around 240 something pounds, man. My waist was a 40 at one time, but I, I carried my weight pretty well. And then I finally lost weight because my girlfriend, like, put me in a reality check and said, you have a lot of back fat, you know? And so <laughs> I lost weight, right? Lost some weight. I got down to like 195. And so I fluctuate between 195 and like 200, and know, sometimes 205. And I understand why people, because getting healthy is a motherfucker, man. It's so difficult to be healthy. You know, it's so fun to be a fat fuck. I mean, it's fun to, th I'm, no, 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 wait a minute. When you are a fat fuck, it's not fun because when it's hot, you're, you're always hot as a fat person. You're always hot. You, let me tell you something. You know how I in, get inspired to, to stay in shape? People think, well, I like to watch people who are in shape and watch trainers and bodybuilders. Nah, 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 nah. Here's the trick. Watch or follow fat people around New York City. Follow a fat person. Just be at a certain distance where they don't really see you, but watch a fat person and listen to the sounds of them. It is fucking horrific. You know, this is what you hear when you watch a fat person. You see that sound I'm making? That's their meat smacking together. Okay? It's uncomfortable being fat. It's really, you should watch fat people so you can say, I do not want to be like that. It's the same thing as drug addicts. I don't understand why people are still drug addicts. Why are people still on drugs? Have you seen, this is what I love about New York City, have you seen heroin addicts on the street doing the heroin nod? Have you seen that shit? The thing, the thing that's so beautiful about New York is you can see fucking heroin, you can see drug addicts on the street being affected by their drugs. I'm talking about drug addicts that are, that are out of rehab, that are fucked up. It's on the street. Cokeheads, heroin addicts, crackheads. What makes you want to be a drug addict? I don't understand. Look at the effects. Look at how fucked up people look. What makes you want to be a drug addict? That's what I want to know. Now, now, as far as being fat as fuck, I get that because to become fat, you eat a lot of good food. I mean, donuts, cake, pizza, hot dogs. I get that. I get being a fat fuck. I don't get being a heroin addict. I don't get that shit. You understand? I don't get with your pants down, your ass out, you're shitting yourself, and you're nodding off. I would be like, you know what? I don't. What, what is that drug that makes you shit your pants with your ass out in the middle of a public with a wrinkled dick and, and nodding off? What, 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 what drug is that? That's heroin. I don't want to fuck with that. You understand? I get steroids. I understand steroids. Bang. I understand steroids. You know, I want to hit a baseball 700 feet instead of 400 feet. I get that. All right? I get certain things. I... Fat fuck, I get why somebody is fat. I understand that. I was overweight myself. Not like overweight where <sighs> I was breathing that way, but you know what I mean? It was dangerous in my own way. Everybody doesn't understand. Just because you don't look look sloppy, you could still be technically fat, you know, as far as your internal organs and shit like that because everybody distributes fat differently. But I understand how you can be fat because I think I, ha I have a fat man's mind. I have a fat man's mind. Like, I may be, like, in shape. There's times where I'm in good shape, but I go, wow, I want to fuck that cake up right now. I really do, but I got to drink my little, I got to eat my little granola and drink my shitty water, you know, and drink my uh, wheatgrass, 
You know what I mean? So I can shit green out of my ass all day and I feel like, oh yeah, I'm, I don't want that. No. And I, and I always want shit. If someone says, you want pizza? Fuck yeah, I want pizza. But I gotta go, no. Do you want salad? Fuck no, I don't want salad. I would, you know what I would like? This, this is what I love about uh, 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 fat. This is of uh, fat people thinkers. You know, f- I call them fat brainers, fat brainers, because you think fat thoughts. You know, because now they got salads where you're like, yo, man, you ever get that new salad that's stuffed in a hamburger? Yeah, that's a good salad. Oh, what about the macaroni and cheese cake salad? That's a good salad. That's pretty healthy, right? Now the salads are getting so fat now. Now, if you go to like, I don't ever go to like Applebee's, but as, when you travel as a comedian, you go to these shitty ass towns and all they have is an Applebee's or a Chili's and they'll say, hey, I would like a salad. Sure. We got our um, um, hot cakes and sausage salad. We got that. We have our um, birthday cake salad. Yeah, we got that. It has ranch dressing over it. Hey, we have our uh, macaroni and cheese salad. That's a good one, huh? How about our bacon, cheese, hamburger, uh, french fry salad? That's a good one. It's pretty healthy. It has a tomato on top of it. It's all, everything is fucking fat. So I understand why we become fat. And I understand why being healthy is getting harder and harder and harder. They need to come up with healthy birthday cake, healthy pizza. I'm talking about pizza that tastes exactly like pizza. Not some fucking vegan pizza that's like fucking wheat with uh, 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 some fake cheese. No, they need to make healthy food taste exactly like fat fuck food. I call it fat fuck food, the triple F, fat fuck food. I need healthy food that tastes like fat fuck food. Is, it, is, is there any possible way? You know, I'm drinking all this water now, and, um, I'm, and I'm gonna probably have to piss in the middle of this podcast, which fucking sucks, but I'm so tired of peeing, man. And you know what sucks about drinking a lot of water in New York City? Have you tried to go to a public bathroom in, in New York City? Have you ever tried to go to a public bathroom? These bathrooms are fucking disgusting. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of these bathrooms, like say you go, okay, I'll go to a Starbucks bathroom. I'll go to a, because there's a lot of homeless people. A lot of homeless people take uh, their anger out on the world and use their bodily fluids to express themselves. And it's usually in these bathrooms. And even normal people. I don't know what it is about public bathrooms that people just, just have bad aim. They just decide, this isn't my house. Why don't I take a shit on the ground? Fuck it. You know what I mean? I'll take a shit on the ground. I wouldn't do it in my house, but I'd take a shit on the ground. You know what I mean? I can understand if someone says, I go, hey, you know how when they would ask you, do you do what you do in public in your own house? Now, if someone says, yeah, I do shit on the ground in my own house. I shit on the floor in my own house. Okay, I give you a pass. But why are New York bathrooms so fucking disgusting? Help. Here's a, here's a, um, a little uh, secret for you guys who want to find clean bathrooms, go to the hotels. W Hotel, you can go to hotels. Hotels have the cleanest bathrooms, just to let you know. But that's the only reason why I'm afraid to drink a lot of water, even though I need to get all this water in me because I'm trying to be healthy, you know. And here's another thing. I drive, and the traffic in New York is horrific. And when I drive, I have to pee so fucking badly, you know. And that's why I'm afraid to drink a lot of water, you know. But now I'm, I'm on the water thing. I know I, I, you know, I, this is some shit you guys don't want to hear, but yo, drinking a lot of water is healthy. I'm on that health kick and shit. I'm going, I'm going to get down to 185. That is my fucking goal. You know, I think that my, my goal weight is a white man's weight. I really think my goal weight is a white man's weight. I think my bones are heavier than white people's. I, I really think so. Cause I, you know, when, you know, when they show, like you look up online, what your actual weight should be. They'll have like a picture of a white man's body. It's never like a black person's body, an Asian body. It's always, this is what you should weigh. And it's always like a white man. It's like a drawing of a white male. You know, it's never like a black male, huh? 
They don't measure the weight of our dicks. You know, that counts. No, just kidding. <laughs> I went there with that. I mean, they, but they always have like a, an anatomical like drawings, you know, like the Grey's Anatomy. Um, pay. It's always a white male. It's never like, oh, what about a black man's Grey's Anatomy? What about a Grey's Anatomy of the black man? Why not a black man anatomical book? How come we don't have that? What about an Asian man anatomical book? What if our muscles are different? Huh? What if our muscles are different? What if my trapezoid is different than a white man's trapezoid? What if my quadriceps are different than a white man's quadriceps? No! It's always a white man's Grey's Anatomy book. Huh? Yeah, you know I'm getting to my black voice when I talk about the Grey's Anatomy book. Why, what about that? They never have that. So I don't know. Maybe my, my, my ideal weight is 195 and not 185. I'm going to try my best to get down to 185, but I hope, because I have a big fucking head, and I'll look like a goddamn stop sign if I get to 185. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to try, though. But this is the key. Drinking lots of water. I go to the gym. Yes, I go to the gym. I'm at the gym a lot. Equinox is the best gym, by the way. I just want everybody to know that Equinox is taking over. They're like Disney. They are taking over the health and exercise world, just to let you all know that. Uh, Bally's is bullshit. Uh, they got Planet Fitness. They got Planet Fitness, which is like not really a planet of fitness. It's bullshit. It's like $10 a month for now. They trick you. They suck you in. And they got like three treadmills. Um, then there's, I think, LA Fitness. And I think there is, oh, there's Blink. There's Soul Cycle, which is all spinning, which is corny to me. And, uh, but Equinox is definitely the gym you want to be part of. You know, unless, like I said, if you can't afford it, I get it because I've been in cheap gyms myself. I, I, was, rec I was a recre. Dude, I was, I was working out like a prisoner at one time, you know? And when I didn't have money, I would be on the playground. You know all the, how you see those ex-convicts on the playground scaring children? Because children can't play on playgrounds anymore because you got big-ass black and Puerto Rican dudes doing pull-ups on monkey bars. Yeah, I was fucking doing that kind of shit. You know what I mean? And then I went to the recreational centers in New York, which were like $20 a fucking year. I don't know how much they are now, but it's so cheap. So I, 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 I slowly built up to better gyms. You know, I was at Bally's. Bally's was, I was at the gayest gym ever, dude. I'm not even lying. On 20th and 6th, there used to be a Bally's in New York City. The gayest gym ever. I'm not even, and it's not even being a homophobe. It was the gayest gym ever. There were dudes in the locker room that came with no clothing. They were just butt naked. They were working out naked. I'm not even fucking around. They were, they were riding bicycles butt ass. It was, uh, my shit was so damn gay, man. I'm not even in front. There are, people don't even want to realize there are some gay ass gyms, dude. You know what I mean? Where people are just like butt ass naked in the locker room for like fucking an hour. Just naked, hanging out. Naked. I think there should be a naked limit. I think there should be a naked limit in all locker rooms, man. Yeah. I think after 20 minutes, there should be a dude with a stick that just beats the fuck out of you if you don't put your clothes on right away. You know, but here's the thing. What if you start beating somebody naked and they enjoy it? There's a problem. You understand? That's how I feel about those, you know, because sometimes, man, when you go into the locker room, you just want to fucking change and get the fuck out. But there's a lot of weird shit that goes on in these locker rooms and shit like that. It doesn't matter how expensive. And the more expensive the, the gym, the gayer it gets because gays have a lot of money. And that's real shit. But I like gay gyms because they're fucking better. And plus, gay dudes are built better than everybody. You know what I mean? Because they're all about looking really good, trying to attract another dude. So, you know, gay gyms are the best. So I'm giving you that goddamn credit. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I've been talking on a tangent, but uh, um, I want to uh, kind of move on 
to another subject, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Black Ban- Black Panther uh, birthday party podcast, um, and I'm doing this on my own because Alex Edelman, who is uh, my partner on this, is still in Europe. Three months he's been in fucking Europe. You know what I mean? And I don't know when this podcast is going to be um, uh, <laughs> when it's going to be um, played, but uh, he's still in Europe, man. That fucker's been in Europe for a long time. And I um, sometimes I'll have a guest, a guest uh, host, or sometimes I'll have a guest I interview, or sometimes I'll just do this solo, like I'm doing right now. I do it all solo. It's not a problem. You know what I mean? I just go stream of consciousness and I just talk a little shit, because you know you can't. You you got to always have content up, ladies and gentlemen. And Black Panther birthday party is always on. It's it's and once you start to listen to this podcast, you are going to be addicted, you know, because I'm always bringing up race because I just do because I think that I feel that I should, even if it's unnecessary. I like to do that, so I don't want anybody, uh, you know, going. Why Godfrey talks about race all the time? I fucking know that. I know that. So don't fucking tell me the obvious, okay? Um. So I want to move on to something. I don't know. It's not going to be. It's not going to be happy. It's going to be a little more solemn and a little more, uh, you know, I try to change the mood. I try to keep this upbeat, but, you know, I'm all about talking about real shit, too. And uh, the death of Robin Williams, uh, we all know, uh, has uh, shocked, I think, the world, actually, because everybody knew Robin Williams in the whole world. That dude was a worldwide figure, you know. Um, I, was, I was shocked to, 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 to hear of his death. And, and how I heard everybody has to know where they were when some uh, certain something like this happens. You always got to go where someone's going to ask you, where were you when Robin Williams passed away? And I'm going to tell you how I found out. I found out by some random t- Twitter dude. You know, I was talking about comedy. You know, I was just advertising my, one of my shows. And the dude goes, dude, Robin Williams died, dude. That's how he said it. Robin Williams died, dude. And all I, I was thinking this dude is, you know, because a lot of people on Twitter like to fuck around. And I'm like this. Get the fuck out of here. Robin Williams died. I was in the office, in my girlfriend's office, and we're just sitting at computers. And I said, yo, someone just said Robin Williams died. And we, got, we punched it up, and it was true. You know? Fucking Robin Williams, man. You know? Dead. Like, it doesn't even seem right, man. You know? It's the same thing I felt when Michael Jackson died. I was on an airplane. Jet Blue. And you know JetBlue has the uh, JetBlue has the screens. You know they have screens on the um, plane. You can watch um, you know cable, whatever. And all of a sudden, I see Michael Jackson in a coma, and I'm like, oh shit, you've got to be kidding me. And then five minutes later, Michael Jackson has died, and all the screens in the in the in the airplane turn to the same channel, and everybody's turned around. Michael Jackson's dead. Michael, I was in the air, man, when Michael Jackson died, y'all. You know, you know what would have been really cool if we saw Michael Jackson's spirit just pass our plane. He's like, yeah, it's true, dude. You know, I couldn't believe it. It doesn't even seem right to this day that Michael Jackson is dead. It doesn't even seem right that Michael Jackson is dead. Like a guy like him who brought so much joy to the world. Michael Jackson was a selfless dude. I saw Michael Jackson in concert. I don't know if anybody else had the privilege of seeing Michael Jackson in concert. But let me tell you something. Motherfucker, it don't get any better than that, all right? Michael Jackson, is he was literally a god with dance shoes on, dude. It was, like, unbelievable. He was with his brothers, but I, no one gave a fuck. His brothers were only irrelevant because of him. You know, Janet Jackson was only relevant because of him. You know what I mean? 
If you even had the last name Jackson, you were fucking happy. You understand? You know, Randy Jackson is a cousin of the Jacksons, by the way. You know, if anybody doesn't know that, you know, he was a basis for uh, Journey and shit like that. The guy on uh, American Idol, Randy Jackson is a badass basis dude. So look him up. He's a bad dude. He was a relative of the Jacksons. But Michael Jackson, who brought, brought I, I mean, I can't even describe, ja Michael Jackson is the greatest entertainer ever, all right? I, when, I, when Michael Jackson was, like, in the 80s, I had buttons, posters, all that shit. I, I danced like Michael Jackson. I wanted to be Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson revolutionized music videos. You know what I mean? He revolutionized music. He was the first black artist to ever be on MTV. Do you know that? He was the first black artist that they showed video because MTV was racist as fuck, by the way, just to let you all know that. Even though we all like MTV. MTV has changed, of course. You know, they, they're, they're pretty much equal now. If, of course they are. But they, were, they didn't want black people on their shit. MTV, of all places, yes. And Michael Jackson was the first to break those barriers. That's how cold-blooded he was. And, and, when you, and when he got on MTV, all you want to watch was Michael Jackson videos. Because his videos were like, it was like, it was like a movie. You know, Beat It, Billie Jean, Thriller, Smooth Criminal, which is the coldest video, by the way, that has ever fucking been on TV, ever been shown. That move where he does the shit where he leans, no one has ever touched that. There's a lot of people that are trying to copy that shit, but can't even come close. Michael Jackson, who touched the lives of people, and also, which people don't know, he was a humanitarian. He just never talked about it. That's how humble he was. He loved children. He didn't love it in the way you think, people. First of all, I think people molested Michael Jackson. All right? Because I'm going to tell you something. If I was at Michael Jackson's house, I'd put my finger in his butt. Okay? Because I know it would be magical. All right? I think people touched Michael Jackson. More people touched Michael Jackson than he touched them. I guarantee you that. Michael Jackson couldn't walk the planet. There was no, he had to go to another planet. I bet people knew him in another fucking solar system. Michael Jackson was that huge. You understand? So Michael Jackson was a little kid himself. He didn't have a childhood. All right, fuckers? He didn't have a childhood. Michael Jackson was the shit. Shimon, come on, come on. Who doesn't sing like Michael Jackson? Shimon, he, he, I mean, come on. He made that cool. He, he, Shimon, Michael Jackson made that cool, all right? When he died, it's just like, I don't, I don't know, man. There's just such, such a big hole in music right now, you know? It's like, I'm glad Michael, think about this. Michael Jackson was on top for 40 years, 40 years. He was the, on top. Imagine being 40 years the number one fucking artist. And even Michael did shitty albums. It was still Michael Jackson. He didn't even need to do new shit. He was 40 years. You had one of the greatest boy bands ever, the Jacksons. I mean, the Jackson 5 were so fucking dope, y'all. You know what I mean? That's why these other boy bands, I, I'm like this. Anyway, I spit on that shit compared to the Jackson 5. Michael Jackson was more talented at 9 years old than these fuckers are at 25, 26. You understand where I'm coming from? I was so proud to be a black dude when I would watch the Jackson 5 on Soul Train. I wanted to have an afro and a high-pitched voice. Do you understand how cool it was to be the Jackson 5? Huh! Jesus Christ. And he's gone. You know? I mean, what? And Robin Williams. You know? My point is here. I, I, I'm going to be going back and forth, you know, because my, my thoughts are I'm going at 100 miles an hour. But I, I always notice this, that all the good people die. 
They all go. John Lennon, gone. George Harrison, gone. You, you feeling where I'm coming from, everybody? Let's name some other people. Mr. Rogers. Remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? He died of a crazy cancer, dude. Carl Sagan, who was one of the greatest astronomers ever, he died of a crazy disease, man. Who else died? Um, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Bruce Lee, all the fucking good people. Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. All the cool people die early. You know what I noticed? Evil people live long as shit. If you're evil, you live long. I mean, am I, am I crazy? I don't know what it is. But if you just, let's, let's look at this now, you know? I mean, let me see. Damn it. Um, who lived long? Fucking Castro is still around. I swear he died. I think Fidel Castro died, and that fucker is back. I mean, he is back. He is back ruling that country. His brother was ruling it because I thought he died. That fucker is back. He's evil. He's been running Cuba, I think, since 1959, 1960. I don't know. It's been a long-ass time. And he doesn't age either. And he's like 90. Castro. Who else is evil? Even though Reagan is dead, uh, he lived a long time. He got shot, and he survived that shit. He got shot close, too, and he survived. Huh? He survived an assassination. He took the bullet out of his body and said, I am fucking evil. I need to survive this shit. I got more evil to spread. I'm living. And he lived. His body rejected that bullet. Damn it. He lived. Let's keep going. Nixon survived, too. He lived long as shit, too. He was evil. He lived long. And he did all that evil shit. Watergate, the whole nine. He was an asshole. He lived long as shit. Who else lived long? Mm, let's keep going. The Bushes, they will never die. What? George Bush Sr. That dude is evil as hell. And he's always skydiving. And that fucking old ass heart can take that shit. He's, I don't know how many thousands of feet he's diving, but his heart takes that shit. He should be getting a heart attack. And he jumps. Every birthday he jumps. And he does the skydive and lives. Here's people who are younger than him that are dying left and right. You understand? Kennedys are always dying left and right. Either a skiing accident, all kind of shit. Who else lives long? Oh, my God. Cheney. Can, what the fuck, dude? This Cheney? Cheney? Dude, he's had 17 heart attacks. I'm not even bullshitting you. I think every five seconds, Dick Cheney has a heart attack. But I think he resuscitates himself now. Dick Cheney resuscitates himself. He's fucking, he's more evil than the whole Bush administration. That dude is so goddamn evil. He has a fake heart. His heart isn't even real. He has a fake fucking heart. There are people with fake hearts left and right that are dying left and right. Cheney resuscitates himself. I swear to God, I swear when he gets a heart attack, he goes, I'm fucking back, goddammit. I'm fucking Dick Cheney. His name is Dick Cheney, by the way, folks. Dick Cheney, all right? I mean, this guy is like, and he still talks shit. He's still evil. He has that look on his face. He never smiles. He has this, this weird, like, frown. He talks out of the side of his mouth. I think, what he, I think he has a heart attack as he's talking. That's how badass he is. That dude has, I think he's a consistent heart attack. And he just keeps on living. He talks shit about Obama. He talks shit about Obama. He still talks shit. They still look to him for advice. Another guy, Rush Limbaugh. This fucker won't go for shit. 
Oh my God, he's he's addicted to drugs. He gets fat. I'm trying to get him as fat as possible. It's like, dude, get fat and die on your fucking radio show. And he won't. He won't. That guy's evil too. You know what I mean? Who else is evil? Oh my God, everybody on Fox News is evil as shit. They won't go. You know what I mean? Hannity is gonna live long as shit. I can guarantee you. Bill O'Reilly gonna live long as shit. <laughs> the good people, man. The people that bring joy to the world, that try to bring joy to the world are gone. Robin Williams, who brought joy to the world, man. I am not fucking bullshitting you. I can honestly say, and 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 um, I was tweeting about Robin Williams when he passed away. I was tweeting about him, you know, on, on my experience with him because I've had many experiences with Robin Williams. I've got to hang out with Robin, Robin Williams at the Comedy Cellar. There's footage, if you fuckers don't believe me, I have footage of hosting shows with Robin Williams on them, talking with Williams on, in the little hallway at the Comedy Cellar, huh? Doing shows with him, being eating, eating wings upstairs at the Comedy Cellar with Robin Williams. There are pictures of Robin Williams in the Comedy Cellar when the Comedy Cellar was not even owned by the same guy. It was in the 80s, Robin Williams, when it was the old Comedy Cellar. You know, whenever Robin Williams had to um, work stuff out for the, whether he had to host a show, he would come to the Comedy Cellar. Oh, he would come to Stand Up New York. Oh, he would come to the comic strip. I have actual footage. Me and Robin Williams have the same birthday. July 21st, bitches, what? And I would always tell Robin, hey, man, remember July 21st. He'd be like, hell yeah. He was the nicest man that I have ever met in the comedy game. As famous as he was, Oscar Award winner, Robin Williams. Sitcom star, Robin Williams. Robin Williams has been a star since 1978, my friends. You know? Movie star, phenomenal actor, Juilliard trained. You see? So Robin Williams was the real deal. Comic relief. I, was, I, had, a, I had the privilege of working with Bob Zamuda, who was the creator of... of Comic Relief, along with Robin Williams. and I was able to do work, do uh, Comic Relief with Sinbad in Chicago. It was a different version of it. I didn't do it with Robin Williams, but I did it with Sinbad and some other comedians. And it was fucking awesome. And I was, I'm glad that I, I at least I can connect myself to a Robin Williams, you know? I mean, John, July 21st, John Lovitz, Steve Byrne, me, you know. It's, it's all it, uh, Ernest Hemingway, I can say that. Ernest Hemingway, another guy who killed himself in suicide, who brought some cool shit to the world. You know, all these cool people, Robin Williams, who brought joy. And you know what? I never knew he was depressed. I mean, it happens with comedians, a lot of depression and stuff like that. And we hide our our pain, our suffering. And it's no different than a lot of artists are like that. You know, depression and pressure and 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 a lot of um, internal problems that we hide through laughter or music or whatever artistic talents that we do have. But I didn't know that Robin Williams was that depressed. I didn't know he was bipolar. You know, I know um, they say he was socially awkward. I believe that because I was around him when he was really quiet and he would perform, but then he'd be really quiet and kind of awkward. But I get that. All most, a lot of performers are like that. But I never knew that he would end up slicing, cutting his wrists and hanging himself, man. You know? For a person who was so selfless and who wanted to make everybody else laugh and make everybody else feel good and make everybody else, you know, feel good about themselves. He always made you feel comfortable, man. You know, if he liked you, if he liked your stuff, I mean, you know, he would compliment you and say, hey, man, you're really funny. And just, you know, that was that meant a lot coming from Robin Williams, man. You know, and even though, listen, everybody, I got I got it. Robin Williams wasn't perfect. He was a big-ass joke face, all right? I'm going to say that. 
He was a big ass joke thief. Robin Williams was a joke thief. You know, you know the whole Carlos Mencia, Menstelia thing that Joe Rogan called him out on, on YouTube. Thank God for Joe Rogan. Thank you for being a martyr for that. But um, Robin Williams was stealing jokes before. I mean, Milton Berle was a joke thief, everybody. Milton Berle stole jokes. Um, he would go, and I heard about this about Milton Berle, who was, of course, a phenomenal, legendary comedian. But I heard Milton Berle would go to Harlem to the black comedy circuit and take their jokes and come back down downtown New York City and do their shit at the Friars Club and shit like that. You know, because he was a white comic, he could go to black places and anywhere else, and he knew the black comics couldn't come to the white clubs. So I heard he was a joke thief. Um, who else? Would, uh, yeah, of course, Carlos Men um, Mencia. He would steal George Lopez's jokes. He stole Cosby's jokes. But Robin Williams was notorious for stealing jokes. And I'm going to actually admit this. Whenever I would, if I was at the Comedy Cellar on stage and I knew Robin Williams was in the room, I would like, I would do crowd work. <laughs> I would do crowd work because I didn't want Robin Williams stealing my shit because Robin will fuck around and do it better than you. You know what I mean? He was a, a phenomenal performer. I don't think, I, I don't, I'm not saying he stole jokes, every joke, of course not, but he was a phenomenal performer. The thing that sucked about Robin Williams was like, if he took your shit, he would do it better than you. You know what I mean? That's how great he was as a performer. And I don't think, I think there was a point where he didn't even realize he was stealing. I think he was just, he just absorbed everything. You know? He just absorbed shit. I don't think he necessarily wrote everything. I think he just was so good at acting things out and retaining everything. He would just absorb it. He was like a, a Matrix agent. You know, he would stick his hand in you and just fucking absorb your personality. You know, he was that good. You know? Um, and yeah, he was a joke thief. And I hate joke thieves. You know what I mean? I hate joke thieves. I'm not going to fucking front. I know he's gone, but I still hate joke thieves. And I know there's a lot of joke thieves right now. I could call out their names. You know what I mean? I could call out their names, but I'm saying I don't respect joke thieves. I'm going to let you know that right now, especially the ones around now that steal jokes and take innocent comics jokes and use it for themselves because they can't write shit. You know? But Robin Williams... That that means nothing to me because I wasn't a, I wasn't I didn't come up with Robin Williams, but I heard about that. But he was a, he was so nice to all of us, man. He made us feel equal. He never made us feel weird. You know how some comics are really famous. I know comics. Fuck that. I know comics that are my equals that may have a TV show now that will walk into the club and won't say a fucking word to me or other comics. All of a sudden they're sitting in another place at a comedy club because they got on a show. I mean, I'm being honest that because they got on a show and we didn't, they're not sitting next to us anymore. But Robin Williams, who has an Oscar, who has movies under his belt, who's a legend, who is a legend for 30, 40 years, will sit down with you and eat wings with you and speak to you and say hi to you and make you feel like, wow, I, wow, I thought I wouldn't be shit. You know, it's amazing how some of my colleagues that I know that, and we're all, we all have different successes, man. We all have different successes. You know, I hope somebody slaps the shit out of me if I ever walk past them. Any person that I know that I've established a relationship with. Not, I'm not saying we have to be buddy buddies, but I have established a relationship with you where I talk to you as a human being. I don't care what year you're in. I don't care how long I've been doing it, whether I'm funnier than you or not or whatever. If I ever, you ever catch me being a fucking arrogant prick, you let me know, please. I'm telling you, you have the license to go, yo, Godfrey, why don't you chill with that shit? You used to speak to us. Please tell me, because I doubt that you're going to tell me because I'm not going to be like that. 
You know, that's the one thing I want people to learn that Robin Williams, uh, we can learn in, from example. Robin was good to everybody. He, he treated everybody with respect. He treated everybody kindly. He was a humanitarian. You know, I found out, I was watching something on him. There's a lot of stuff that's been, um, that they show on Robin Williams. There's a girl with brain cancer that, that wanted to meet Robin Williams. She was like 13 years old. She only had, I don't know how many weeks to live. And she, her dream was to meet Robin Williams because she was a Miss Doubtfire fan. You know, she watched Miss Doubtfire like every day. And Robin Williams flew himself out without letting anybody know. He flew himself out and spent time with that, with that girl. Spent time with the little girl and didn't want anybody to know, you know, and he flew himself out and hung out with her for a couple of hours. You know, that's the kind of dude he was. And he raised money for people. He just did things like that. You know, it's like that's that's the way to be, man. You know, I, I, you know, a lot of times they say, um, you know, it's not good to be so accessible in this business because it, you lose your your mystique or you lose your 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 I don't know. I don't know. You lose your I don't know. Your, your value as a, as a superstar, you know? And when I see what Robin did, I don't believe that shit. You know what I mean? Because he was still known worldwide, you know? He was still selling out theaters. He was still that kind of dude. I, didn't, I don't see why you can't be a normal person, even though we're not normal. We're not civilians. We're still fucking freaks because we're making people laugh that we don't even know getting on stage. We're narcissistic, self-centered, fucking crazy people. Not all of us are... We're all narcissists, but everybody has different types of narcissism. Narcissism, but I don't see why we can't be cool. Why can't you be cool to the uh, to the uh, to a regular person? Why can't you talk to other comedians and be normal to them and give them advice if they ask you or whatever, you know? But here's another thing too. There's this new crop of comedians. I don't know. Sometimes when I go to these comedy clubs, I I see these dudes. I see new people. I don't even know half these motherfuckers. I'm like, who are these guys? But they're so like arrogant right now. And I'm not just saying this because I hang around them. I'm, I'm hearing this from waitstaff. I'm hearing this from bookers. I'm hearing this, and they tell me these stories. I'm not, saying, I'm not giving any specific names, but they tell me how arrogant some of these comics are, man, because they got YouTube channel videos, or they got, oh, I'm on, I'm on guy code, or I'm on girl code, and they can't even fucking tell a joke for 10 minutes without bombing all goddamn day. Because they forgot about punchlines and shit. Because they think they can cute their way into fucking comedy. Comedy's a dirty sport, you motherfuckers. I'm going to let you know that. It's a dirty sport, and you got to show up to practice, and you got to hit the ball. All right? Here's another thing. And you know what? Robin Williams, he always got dirty. He was never afraid to be act a fool. He always performed like it was his, you know, like it was his last day on the planet. He never took, he never took um, um, stand up for granted. You know, and here's another thing about Robin Williams that was so wonderful. When he got on stage and bumped comedians, you know, which is you bump. When you're Robin Williams, you go, oh, it's Robin Williams. I'm going to sit and watch and learn. Guess what? He never did five hours on stage. I'm telling you, he never did seven hours, three hours just to fucking, sh you know, to throw his weight around. He would do 25 minutes, half hour and get the fuck off. That's what he did. But we want to see him for an hour. You got some comedians that go up there three, four hours and bump everybody. They won't even like, hey, why don't you let the other, since you're going to do three hours, why don't you let um, the guys do short time and then you do your three hours later? No, he didn't even do that kind of shit. He even waited. Sometimes he would wait for people to go on. You do your shit. 
maybe to steal some of the jokes, but no, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, Robin was so, was so humble like that. You know, he wouldn't take that much time. He would do like a half hour and, and you know, a half hour, 20 minutes and get off. He was that kind of dude, man, you know, and a lot of comics need to learn from example. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, it, it's amazing. The humility. Um, Ray Romano is another guy that that is like that who go on stage and only do like 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. Seinfeld's another dude like that that'll go up and do 20, 25 minutes and get the fuck off. His $800 million ass will get on stage and, and, and you know, and some of these comics, you know, I, I, I go on the road and I'll, I'll meet some middle act, right, that, that some local dude that's middling for me. You know, because sometimes I, I don't choose my middle act. They'll choose it for me, but I have a specific, you know, requirement for a certain middle act. And they'll, do, they'll go over to time. And I go, excuse me, middle act, but um, this is my show, fucker. You're not going to outshine me, dude, because I have an hour and a half of thunder, bro. And you have 15 minutes, maybe, of good shit. Don't ever fucking do that with me. Because right? I don't need a middle act. I'm going to let you know. I'm going on a tangent, but that's me because it's the Black Panther in me. I'm going to tell you. I'm listen, I can do an, I can do two hours without a fucking host, dude. That's real talk. I can hold I can bring myself up. I have more energy for everybody. I can bring myself up, you know, and then do the show. But I figure have a middle act, an opening act, because it's only fair because I was given that I was giving that uh, given that um, um, chance to open up for people to give. You know, it's, it's only fair to, to show you know, another comedian on your show so uh, they can build their fan base. But don't try to build your fan base by doing, by going over time on my show, dude. You understand? Girl or guy. I don't give a fuck who you are because once you become a headliner, all of a sudden you don't have enough time, do you? So don't try to get all, oh, I got, I got 30 minutes. Not on my show, you don't, bitch. You understand? You don't do that with me. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not going to outshine me, fucker. Unless you're doing my act, exactly my act, and I go on stage and they go, hey, man, someone just did your act. Then I get it. But I got enough material to fucking erase your memory. And I'm not here to compete against you. But a lot of these uh, middle dudes, these middle acts got this attitude that they're going to outdo me. The only way you outdo me is if you do me, dog. That's the only way you outdo me is if you do me. That's what I'm saying. But don't, don't fuck with me, dude. Because I, I, be, it'll be a one-man show. It'll be like, Godfrey's going to bring himself up, ladies and gentlemen. That's 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 what that's how that's how I gets down. OK, because I train in New York City. New York is like the fucking gym. It's like Rocky in this bitch. You know, that's the one thing I love about New York is we consistently stay on stage and we consistently work on material, you know. So I'm going to let you know that. But Robin Williams, what I'm what I'm saying is sometimes I go off on tangents, but I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I stay in the pocket. Robin Williams was that kind of guy that showed respect to people and he didn't have to, you know. He didn't have to. He could have been an asshole. He could have sat all by himself, you know, sit in the corner. Sit, you know, he could have he could have he could have blocked himself off because a lot of these. Let me tell you something real quick too, everybody. A lot of these club owners, once somebody famous walks in, it's all rank and file all of a sudden. You know, there's rank and file. All of a sudden, the club owners don't know who you are, even though you've been loyal to their club. You know, for how many years? A decade plus. They all of a sudden they block you off. Well, um, this person's here, so everybody move out the way. Sometimes I blame it on the club owners on how they treat their comics, their regulars. Shame on you for that. And I'm not calling anybody out. You know, if you if you think it's you and you get mad, that's all. That's your business. 
but you should be ashamed of yourself. You should treat all comics the same. Club owners especially. Club owners act like, sometimes some of them act like they're superstars. It's all about them. But they don't realize the comedians that have come to their clubs and have put their time in are the, reason why, are the reasons why people are showing up to their clubs. It's your fucking lineup. It's not you, all right? And just because somebody famous walks in, like if, listen, I'm semi-famous. <laughs> I'm like kind of famous, depending on what part of the city I'm in. I'm kind of famous, all right? So my kind of famous, I still don't walk in like I'm the shit. I don't do that shit because you know what? This shit can be taken from you any goddamn day. Look at, look at, let, let, let's, let's still use this example, Robin Williams. He was successful. You understand? He was successful. His shit was awesome. He has been successful since 78, and the motherfucker took his life. You see what I'm saying? This business, and I don't know if the depression came from this business or not, but I'm going to tell you, man, some of these club, clubs and, and some, this business will make you fucking hang yourself. It'll make you hang yourself. It'll make you slit your wrist sometimes, you know? But I, and, and depression is a serious matter, you know? I know people who have it in their families. It's a genetic thing. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a physiological thing in your brain. It really is. It's a physiological, and I feel really sorry for a lot of people that, that suffer from that. I don't know what it's like. You know, maybe I, I, maybe I do have it. Maybe I get depressed, but I don't know if I have um, a genetic depression or anything, you know. But, I, but w w when it comes to brain chemistry, I, I, was, I was a psych major. I have my degree in psychology, so we studied brain anatomy. And a lot of times when you have chemical situations in your brain, you know, you try to take drugs to alter that or whatever. I feel sorry for people who have, who have bipolar disorders who have, you know, I have a, um, I have, um, narcissism, I guess. I have narcissism in your brain. And, you know, there's things in your brain. I, have, I probably have ADD, but a lot of this is all um, chemically induced. It's, 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 it's your brain. Is, it's, it's really tough to work on a lot of that shit, you know, because personality is created through your stimuli. It's created through what you see, like how you react to different, like if you look at children on how they um, relate to social situations, all kids react differently. Even twins, they even say in twin studies, twins are different. They may kind of look the same, you know, identical twins, but all twins are different. Some are quiet, some are introverts, some are extroverts. It really depends. That's how, that's the definition of a personality. It's really how you react to stimuli in the world. How are you towards different people? How are you towards females? How are you towards males? How are you towards older people? It's how you react in the world. That's where you get your personality from. And sometimes you are what you are, genetically coded. You are what you are. You could you could get a personality from your from your grandfather. You can have a personality of your grandmother. It could be three generations skipped over. You get what you get, you know. But thank God nowadays there are ways to help that out to get you through it. And I hope that you know, not only positive uh, examples, Robin Williams. I hope everybody learns from the positive things that he he brought to the world, but also what he's been through. I hope people can find and get help for that. I don't know what it's like, but I know what it's like to be angry. Hey, let me tell you something. I just realized people who aren't depressed, I say, if you're bitter, I think that's a kind of a, a, a solution to being depressed. Get bitter, goddammit. Have you noticed bitter actors, bitter comedians, bitter whatever? We stay around, dude. You know why? 
Because being bitter is a little bit more positive than being depressed. Because in, in, in um, psychology, there are different levels of, 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 of the way to feel as in positivity. Like if you, their shame is the lowest. When you're ashamed of yourself is the lowest. Depression is right over, over, um, over um, shame. I think it's like it's either depression, shame. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Depression, shame. Shame is like you feel bad about yourself. You're not depressed. But then there's anger. Anger is almost positive because you're angry about something, but you almost are motivated to do something about it. There's anger, and then there's, then there's guilt. There's guilt. You feel guilty about something, so there's still some positivity. Then there's, um, there's I think there's um, loyalty. It, it, all, it just gets higher and higher. There's loyalty. There's pride. There's also pride. Pride is a positive feeling, but it's, it can be negative, too, because you can have racial pride, which can be racist, and you can have like pride in your country, which you're so caught up in your country, you hate other people. So, but there's all positive shit. And it, it all goes up to like love is like the highest love and, and unconditional love. And then there's joy and shit like that. This is all like in psychological spirituality type of books. I read all these kind of books, but I say be bitter, man. If you're depressed, get fucking bitter, dude. When people say you're so bitter, I go, yeah, I'm bitter, but at least I'm not fucking depressed. You know what I mean? Because if you're bitter and angry, I'm saying, if you're bitter and angry, at least you know you're going to wake up to be angry at somebody. You have a goal. You know, you want everybody. One thing about bitter and angry people, they want everybody to know that they're bitter and angry. Usually when people are depressed, they don't want anybody to know that. They want to be by themselves. But when you're angry and bitter, you need an audience. <laughs> you need a fucking audience. I got to let everybody know how bitter I am. I got to let everybody know. So if anybody feels a little depressed, I'm, I'm giving my layman's solution to this. If anybody's feeling depressed, do this for me. Get bitter. Start thinking about the club owners. Start thinking about the bookers that don't book you. Start thinking about the auditions you have to go to. huh? Start thinking about the time, hey, man, I shot this movie. I was in this awesome movie, and then all of a sudden you're auditioning for a Ritz Cracker commercial at 10 a.m. huh? That'll fucking piss you off. Have you ever done that, folks? Have you ever done that? Have you ever auditioned for a Ritz Cracker commercial and you're in a room with a hundred dudes that look like you, or you're in a room with a fucker that's not even as talented as you, and he and he feels like he's your equal, because he goes, hey man, what's up man, I'm auditioning for the same thing, and you wanna fucking beat the shit out of him, huh? If you wanna get, if you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna get bitter, go to a, a, a commercial auditions. Go to commercial auditions. Everybody and their mama is in that fucking room. I am not lying. Here's another one. Go to an audition where you're, you're in, because sometimes these commercial auditions are like really big studios. They're like different studios. You're in studio one, studio A, B, C, D. You should, you should go to an audition where there are also children there. You should see these little fucking assholes. Oh, yeah, these five, six-year-olds who are talking like they're 25. Oh, my God, there's these kids, and, and their parents are living vicariously through them auditioning these kids because they think all their kids are cute you want to hear you want to sit beside this shit oh 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 no no here's another one you're auditioning for a commercial but it's an african-american commercial so it's 500 african-americans all right okay for some commercial that's going to be black then there's oh the hot model audition so there's all these chicks these fucking model chicks wait a minute that are all looking at each other out trying to outdo each other then there's the children. Oh, yeah. And then there's the fat, bald, white guy commercial. They're all, we're all in the same studio. Imagine that. Fat, bald, white guy. 
And then you'll see some guys that have 10 commercials running already and they walk in with confidence and you're fucking some in shape, cool looking black dude that hasn't had a commercial in fucking 10 years. You want to get bitter? Go to fucking a uh, uh, commercial audition. You want to choke somebody to death? I'm telling you, the commercial world is so fucked up that I'm telling you, if you ever look on the streets and you see some dude, you go, wow, look at that dude. That dude's fucking, his hair is balding. Fucking, he's fat. Guess what? That guy might be a multimillionaire. That dude has a Ritz commercial, a Geico commercial. He has, and your dumbass has fucking got a six pack and you can't even pay for your fucking health club uh, membership because you haven't had an audition yet. That's how fucked up this planet is. That's how fucked up our business is. Robin Williams is gone. That's how fucked up our business is. You know what I mean? A guy like that. Patrice O'Neill is gone. Greg Giraldo's gone. Mike DeStefano is gone. You feel me? Uh, um, um, who's the other? Um, oh, my God. Who's the other guy um, that, that passed away in a car accident? Um, he, uh, there's Johnny Mack is gone. Almost, we almost lost Tracy Morgan, Artie Fuqua. Who else is gone? I'm, no. It's, um, what's his name? He was Jewish. He was a, a dirty comic, and he had testicular cancer, and he, and, he, and he survived it. But then he died in a car accident with his daughter. Oh, my God. What's his name? Oh, my God. I can't even remember. I'm going to come up with his name. Hope the engineer helps me with this name. Oh, my God. He was dirty, too, and he was funny as shit. Oh, he was the nicest guy. Oh, man. We, ah, I'm trying to think of his name um oh man he was a dirty comic he was um he was dirty jewish guy he died he had testicular cancer we're gonna come up with it in a, in a second robert schimmel and i love robert schimmel i met robert schimmel nice guy robert schimmel gone all these wonderful great comedic minds all gone patrice o'neill man that was like my, my big brother Greg Giraldo was like my big, I mean, I, I used to listen to them and, and get advice from them and shit like that. You know what I mean? This business stinks, dude. I love it. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I love it. But there's just that other side to it. And we chose this business. You understand? We chose this business. You know, I'm not, I mean, it's our, it's my bed. I have to lie in the shit. But I mean, it's sad that a guy like Robin Williams, man, who just brought so much light to the world, man. See, there's certain, you know how they say, like, the, um, there's certain people that can stop the world from spinning for a second? That's a guy that could do that, you know? That's a guy, when John Ritter died, that's a guy that can do that. You're like, John Ritter, man? These guys that, like, and it really hurts your heart, man. It hurt my heart when you hear Robin Williams is gone because I, I fucking met him, and even if I didn't meet him, it would still hurt my heart because he came off the screen as this really nice dude that really meant he looked like he liked people. He loved people, man, that he just he wanted to give his all to people, man. I'm telling you, man. And I hope that I last long enough in this in this business, you know, that I can even get an inkling of what he was. I hope I become an inkling of what he was. You know, I'm a little angry, so I may I, I probably won't. I'm angry and I'm a Black Panther, so I probably won't do that. Cause I always get into my real angry black man shit. Cause that's that's my fire that fuels my shit. You know what I mean? And um, I hope I even get close to what he was, man. You know what I mean? Cause that guy was it was unbelievable. And you know what? Good guys do finish first. And that fucker was a good dude. And he and he and he was successful. And I always thought that if you know if you were evil, 
which I think I'm going to turn evil, everybody, because they seem to live long as shit. So if I see an old lady on the street, I'm going to fucking shove her down. I'm going to shove her down and go, that's what you get, bitch. I'm going to shove her down. Because I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to tell? She's going to be like, why did you push me? I'm going, because I'm going to live long. That's why. I'm living long. I'm not going to help you across the street and be a nice guy because I might get fucking shot. You know, it's no different. It's no different than in some of these urban neighborhoods where they hear somebody get shot. And it's always some kid that was about to graduate. <laughs> it's some kid that was going to. He just came from his graduation and was shot in the back from gang fire. You know what I mean? I think if I stay evil, I can walk through a gang fight and not even get hit by a bullet. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not even bullshitting you, man. It seems like when you're evil, man, you win. You didn't see Pulp Fiction? Come on, man. Samuel Jackson. And I am the Lord. You know, I am my brother's keeper, whatever. You know what I mean? Those guys stayed alive, dude. They never died in that movie. Being evil works. And I'm saying this in a real jokingly kind of way, but I'm saying I think they need to study the DNA of evil people, dictators, uh, club owners, um, you look at panhandlers, look at panhandlers. You know, I've known some panhandlers over 15 years. They're assholes. They're dicks. They bother people. Those fuckers have not died yet. Yet I know people who work out every day, take yoga and get diab strokes and heart attacks, depression, and they busted their ass to be better people. And you got these panhandlers who, who eat out of the garbage can, who fucking lick out of the same plate of a fucking rat and they're living. Because I think their immune system is so strong. You know what I mean? They build up this immunity. I don't know. They need to study homeless people, panhandlers, dictators, evil presidents. They need to, you know, Donald Sterling, folks. Can I tell you this? Donald Sterling survived cancer twice. I just found that out. Twice! Donald Sterling, this racist fucking Jewish owner who shit on black players who finally gave up his, his ownership to Steve Ballmer, who just bought it. Ballmer, is, a, is, he, is he Jewish? Oh, damn it. Another Jew. Hopefully this Jewish guy is cool. Steve Ballmer, who paid um, um, Sterling $2 billion. Golly, it pays to hate, man. I'm going to start hating black people. I got to get paid, you know? He got $2 billion. The, the, the settlement was finally, it's finally over. Donald Sterling, you know, gave up ownership. And now the NBA is suing Donald, and I hope they win. You know what I mean? Uh, I think, I think uh, the court hearing is going to be pretty easy. I'm like, uh, hey, Donald Sterling uh, hates blacks. All right, court is adjourned. You know what I mean? I hope so. Because Donald Sterling survived cancer twice, and he's still around. Being evil works. You know what I mean? Magic Johnson got AIDS. I Thank God he survived. Okay, and that's a nice guy, but I hope he stays alive. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's such a wonderful dude. You know what I mean? I don't know, man, but they need to start studying the DNA makeup, the makeup of evil people. What happens in the body when you're evil for a long time? Do you build up an immunity to disease? Do you, what, what happens? You know what I mean? I want to know what happens. I think this is new scientific discovery. I think Discovery Channel or whatever, we need to, come on. You need, if you want to start doing some research, let's get into evil people, all right, and study their makeup. Do a, 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 I don't know, what do you call those when you, when you study people for a long time, a cross study or whatever. I'm, I'm forgetting words. But you need to study evil people, you know, because uh, uh, it's, 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 I'm tired of the good people going. I'm really tired of the good people going, you know. And this was kind of a dedication to Robin Williams, you know. 
even though you know me i'll talk my shit go on on tangents and stuff but my dedication to robin williams because he touched my life i was i i have i have a picture with him i'm gonna find i'm, I'm gonna instagram it i have a picture with him louis ck chris rock i have a privilege to be around him and he touched me and i'm so happy that i was able to meet that guy that guy was uh Man, he 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 put some light on this planet, man, and I hope I'm able to do that. I hope every comic is able to do that and learn from an example. You know what I mean? And uh, let's try our best to be selfless like Robin was, to really, you know, to never take performing for granted, never take people for granted. You know, I got a lot of work to do compared to what he does. I have a lot of work to do, you know, a lot of work to do. So I'm going to take this as an example and every, t any, every July 21st, I can always remember Robin Williams because I have the same birthday. You know what I mean? And I hope that um, every new comic or whatever learns from this. Hey, and I hope that we can all at least try to be decent to each other. You know, we're all in the same game. You know, if we all, someone needs help, try and help them out. You know, try and help each other out in their best way. I know this sounds corny, but this is real shit. We can't make it on our own, man. So I give credit to the comics that do help each other out, you know? And I would like some of my friends to help, uh, for us to help each other out. The guys that I've known for a long time. Fuck all this dumb shit and all this fucking fighting amongst each other and all this silly shit. We're grown fucking men. And you can't make it without each other. I hope that we can get and learn exa from example. You know what I mean? And be like, be a light like Robin Williams was, man. You know, rest in peace, Robin Williams. And, uh, you know, shit. This was, this was I, I, I'm glad I was able to talk to you guys. For another hour of, of of Black Panther birthday party, another hour in the bag, my friends. You know what I mean? It's always good to talk to you all, and you know how I do. I come 100%. I always come 100%. If it's angry, if it's profane, if it's whatever the fuck, it is what it is, and that's how I do. You know what I mean? So, I'm signing out, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, Alex will probably be back one of these fucking days, and we'll see, because when he gets back, he's getting a mouthful. You know what I mean? He's getting a mouthful from me because the motherfucker's been talking shit in London and won't call anybody, but he wants to email people. That's bitch shit. <laughs> yo, this is the Black Panther Party. You guys, listen up. Keep being fans. And yo, check out my website, GodfreyComedian.com. Check out where I'm going to be. Also, my Twitter is GodfreyComedian. And my Instagram is GodfreyComic. So you know what to do. Do whatever you got to do. I'm out. Peace.